back home. It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. Today's news is about living with less electricity. Most folks don't take the time to consider that we've only had electric power for the last hundred years or so. Before the turn of this century, going back to the beginnings of mankind, there's no record of any past civilization that ever used electricity on a significant scale. A few Middle Eastern archaeological discoveries have suggested the possibility of some form of primitive storage battery, which would lead to the theory that electric power might have been used for something, perhaps ceremonial. But there certainly isn't evidence of ancient light bulbs, motors, wiring, pop-up toasters, or similar technology that would suggest anything like what we have today. So living without electricity has actually been normal for mankind throughout history. Today's luxuries that we take for granted, like television, home heating, air conditioning, kitchen appliances, and so much more, all require lots of electric power to build and then even more to operate. Unfortunately, lost in this wonderful world of comfort, we often confuse what we want with what we need. For example, when the cold winter hits and the temperatures plummet, you need to stay warm or you'll freeze to death. You might want the convenience of an electric heat pump whole house system, but a basic wood-burning stove is all you need based on tens of thousands of years of experience. In the hot summer weather, you can see thousands of folks driving around with the windows up and air conditioning on because they want to stay cool and comfortable, while never even considering whether they needed to be driving around in the first place. There are loads of other examples every day where we confuse what we want with what we need, and it's this confusion that leads to the thinking that we need all the energy and electricity that we use. Now, there's nothing wrong with using electricity in and of itself, but wasting it on things we don't need has created most of our problems with pollution and the environment. Fortunately, there are practical alternatives to the most wasteful uses of electricity. Instead of an electric stove, cook with gas. Instead of an electric hot water heater, use solar panels or gas. Instead of a huge electric freezer, Use a super-insulated, well-designed unit that can run off propane, 12-volt power, or regular home power. Instead of designing your new home to simply plug into the grid, design with the sun in mind to get some free winter heat, free indoor lighting, and even free air conditioning for most of the summer. Instead of having your exposed plumbing pipes wrapped with hundreds of watts of heating tape to keep them from bursting in the winter, super-insulate them or bury those lines to prevent freezing in all but the most sub-zero conditions. These approaches leave lots of electricity for things that really do need to operate with power, like computers, videos, stereos, communications, and just maybe... Most importantly, radio stations and CDs like the one you're listening to right now.
More information about living with less electricity is available from Back Home Magazine at 800-992-2546 or on the web at backhomemagazine.com. The news from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. And you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. This is Ord Energy Mont. And this is Tree Salon. And today is Friday, May 25th, the 145th day of 2007. Yes. There's 220 days left of this year. Yes, so most of the fun is still ahead of us. Today's highlight in history. In 1968, the Gateway Arch, part of the Jefferson National Expansion Memorial in St. Louis, was dedicated. Hmm. So that's pretty good. And then one year ago today, President Bush and Tony Blair, the British Prime Minister, held a White House news conference in which they acknowledged making costly mistakes in Iraq but vowed to keep troops there until the fragile new government took hold. Former Enron Corps chiefs Kenneth Lay and Jeffrey Skillen were convicted in Houston for conspiracy and fraud for the company's downfall. Lay died in July from heart disease and his convictions were vacated. Skilling was sentenced to 24 years in prison. And then Pope Benedict began a four-day pilgrimage to Poland, the homeland of his predecessor. Hmm. So that was one year ago today. Yeah. Yeah, the arch, a lot of people don't know, it's it's the same height as it is with, you know, it's it's look, it's an optical illusion since it's bigger at the bottom. People think that it's, you know, not, you know, even height. You think it it's re- taller than it really seems or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about using less energy. Yes. And in the paper, there's actually a cartoon Ameren and ComEd offer $500 million in relief for customers. And it shows the electric company as a mugger. <laughs> and the Illinois resident sitting there saying, let me get this straight. You robbed me? And now you want to help me out because I don't have any money. <laughs> what kind of mugger are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so. Hi, Ameren. Otherwise, right on the front page of today's paper is, Tape shows men stealing from a charity auction. Surveillance will actually be shown on CNN Headline News at 7 tonight. This was a charity auction over um, locally to support, let's see if I can pronounce it right, Ty Sachs disease? Yeah, oh yeah, I heard about that, uh, that 
I don't remember what it was, but I heard there was a fundraiser for that. Tay-Sex? Tay-Sex. I think it's pronounced. Yeah, they had a fundraiser, and then someone stole some of the silent auction stuff, and, well, they have it on surveillance, and they're going to show it. They showed it on the local news, and then it made it all the way up to CNN. And so it has a chance for the fundraisers, the people who organize the fundraisers, to talk on a national level about this so there is a silver lining to someone stealing something from a fundraiser. Yeah, at least they get to bring national attention to the cause. And we were talking about saving energy, and I've got this magazine called The Dollar Stretcher. It's online at stretcher.com. And the best way to beat energy cost is insulation. Um, insulation is expensive, but you can usually very easily sit down and figure out the savings. Is your house insulated well? Most people know it's not. But ensuring your house is well insulated is one of the fastest and most effective ways to reduce wasted energy and saving save money. Consider that utility costs across America rose a whopping 32% between 2004 and 2006. That's a lot. Insulating your home should be a top priority when looking for ways to save money on your energy bills. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, because yep. the only thing that costs more than insulation is not insulating. <laughs> and did you know that the majority of houses built before 1980 just weren't insulated? Yeah. I mean, if they insulated, it was just like kind of haphazardly mm-hmm. because, well, historically, energy costs were very cheap. And so it was like people would buy a house because it was cheap, not because it used very little energy. Yeah. So, and also from the dollar stretcher, did you know that you can own a library of great books for free? (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, there's this, it's an online library where you can literally download the majority of your classic literature, such as Hunchback of Notre Dame, um... Hugo's The Man Who Laughs um, is not available because, well, it's out of print. Yeah. But any book that's, pretty much any book that's in print is available at this library. And um, if you don't have internet access, they'll actually send you a CD of the most requested books. Mm. And they can fit on one CD some 600 books. Uh they call it uh, a single Gutenberg CD holds over 600 complete books. The Odyssey, Hamlet, the Bill of Rights, Frankenstein, the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> it might be strange to read a book on the computer, but you can print it out if you want. Yeah, you can. and but You can read it on the screen, too. 600 books for free on <laughs> one CD. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I can't find the web address. Usually that'd be between you know three thousand and six thousand dollars to get that many books. <laughs> yeah, they more. have they have fifteen thousand in total, <laughs> and the website it's called Project Gutenberg, based after the first printed book, the Gutenberg Bible, and it's online at Gutenberg.org, and that's spelled G-U-T-E-N-B-E-R-G dot O-R-G. Good time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and if Good you don't have uh, web access, their phone number is 801-596-1887. 15,000 books. I'm going to 
start reading again, maybe. That's Some a lot of good books. If you start now, you might finish by the end of your whole lifetime. <laughs> I don't know. I used to read like two books a day. <laughs> but the internet ruined me on that. So I can start reading again. Yes. So let's see. We do have, uh, we only have one or two happenings today. If you'd like to send us your happenings, uh, you can email me, treesong at treesong.org. Uh, but in the meantime, we do have at least one or two because we actually saved that nightlife uh, guide to the summer. So <laughs> I found uh, a couple in there. And one is the series of events we've been talking about for a little while now, the uh, Power to the People series of events about, well, about power. but about Saving elect- energy. Yeah. Yes, electric power. <laughs> yeah. Some of what we talked about at the beginning yeah. of this show. Right now, like power to the people means... It actually does mean yeah, <laughs> more than just power to the people. It means having enough energy to heat and cool your home. Yeah, because if you don't have that energy and that electricity, you know, you're, you're just going to freeze. <laughs> well, people used to not have that energy. and Yeah. Well, I guess they had shorter lifespans, didn't they? <laughs> they did, and uh, probably most people don't have a wood stove in their home currently, so if they run out of power now. Well, here's... The latest in the series of happenings, though. Carbondale architect Brad Klein will discuss how to construct or modify buildings and how the use of building codes can help improve energy efficiency and lower costs. That's coming up uh, on Wednesday, June 6th at 7 p.m. So we'll probably mention that again next week since that'll give us a little bit of time. And it is the time of not very many happenings because... This is the time of relaxing. Yes. <laughs> it's like an actual chance to relax and enjoy Southern Illinois. Yeah. I kind of got mad at a lot of people because there's like between school here, they just leave. Yeah, they go away. <laughs> I'm like, you. nobody has a chance of experiencing Southern Illinois very much. And so a few people did stay. Uh-huh. And um, we wandered around Southern Illinois. And there's some really nice places. Yeah. I finally made it to the Little Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. You haven't been there? I oh. live right next to it. <laughs> and every time I went go take the path to walk down there, about halfway down, it would start pouring rain. Or yeah. not pouring rain, starting to rain. <laughs> so you just knew you could either continue down and get wet or continue back and maybe not get wet. Yeah. And everybody, who, whoever was always with me, decided to turn around and go back. Yeah. And I had no idea how far more to go because I had never been. For all I know, you know, we could have been, you know, just partially there. Mm-hmm. So I've finally made it down there. And um, the trees completely blocked the view at all. <laughs> it was like I couldn't see anything. Yeah. It was like, there were so many little trees <laughs> that you could hardly see the view. So I'm going to have to go back in the winter when there's not so many leaves on the little trees. Hmm, yeah. It's like... I haven't been there in years. I, I hardly even remember now. It's been so long. <laughs> and one of the paths I couldn't go on because it was flooded. <laughs> so we got to take one path and then we had to go back the same way. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go again. So... But yeah, there's lots of natural beauty out here in southern Illinois. And people who just... Who disappear in between semesters often miss out on it. But... Uh, Oh yeah, there is one other happening I wanted to mention. The uh, the Brown Bag Concert Series. Um, they're going to actually take a break during much of June be- for the sweltering heat. But uh, there's one more next Wednesday. And let me check to be sure, but I believe it's Carter and Connolly coming up next Wednesday. 
And also, um, Sunset Concert starts. Yes. Does it start next week? I think it starts the week after. Um, yeah, it does. It starts like the 12th because I'm going to be gone. Yeah. It's like they rescheduled the Latin band and I'm going to be gone f- again. I missed them last time and now I'm missing them again this time. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for more on the Brown Bay concerts, you can go to www.carbondalemainstreet.com. And we've been talking a lot about energy. Yes. There's actually an article in the Southern Illinoisan called Turkey Power. Waste from co-ops will fuel first U.S. poultry litter electric plant. Do you understand that? <laughs> They're actually going to get the leftover droppings from poultry yep. and take that waste and burn it in <laughs> a power plant to produce energy. Burning turkey poop. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like... The gray sandy mix of turkey droppings and other bits and pieces flowing through Greg's Langmo's fingers back onto the floor of his barn isn't just funky dirt. It's fuel. With 16,000 hens gobbling around him, Langdo is standing on a 15-inch layer of turkey litter, some 750 tons of the stuff that represents a new source of energy. This is fascinating... I can't say that word. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fascinating poopies. (laughs) It's fascinating shaving cream. I saw this band last night that they would, instead of saying a certain word, they would say shaving Shaving cream. cream. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, last week, you know, we tend to talk about climate change. Yes, just a little bit. Yeah, because, well... The world is changing, and we like to keep up on it. Yes, the climates, they are changing. Last last week's report by the Working Group 3 of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, claimed that the cost of stabilizing CO2 emissions would be 0.12% of the annual gross domestic product. On its face, that doesn't sound like much. But what does it actually mean in terms of dollars and cents? Our friends at the Smog blog did some calculating. Writer Kevin Grandia offers some figures which amount to $10 per person. If you want information on it, you can go to dsmogblog.com. It's dsmogblog.com. And the actual address for this particular blog is thesmogblog.com slash 110-2-to-save-the-planet. There's dashes between everything there. I didn't realize that. That would have made it yeah, easier if they didn't have all those dashes. And then we talk about pollution sometimes. Here's a filter you might want to wear whether or not you're breathing. Well, I pause there. Whether or not you're breathing urban air. Designed by Carl Lingering, Klaus Nalstrom, and Martin Prom, this minimal gray scarf is lined with the flexible carbon filter that cleans all you inhale. It's also equipped with an air quality sensor that lets you know when the scarf's up. Personal protection turned fashion is a sad comment on the air quality of cities, but also a refreshing take on a good design for the needs of the modern world. Basically, it looks just like a regular scarf, 
But woven into the whole scarf, they have, well, an air filter. So you can just wrap it around your face and you breathe through the scarf. And it, well, it makes it so that you're not breathing in all that pollution. Now, I do want to remind you that a lot of us have pledged our money to this cool station we have here. But a lot of us haven't sent in our money. And the money is, well, a pledge isn't any good unless, you know, we actually get the money. So, please send in your money. And, therefore, the station can keep on the air. I'm getting a catchment. I'm getting ice skates. I'm getting a devastating flood. Adults are generous. We're even giving kids global warming. But we can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. Good day. Excuse me while we pick our jaws up off the floor. <laughs> Canadian bureaucrat fights charges over leaked climate document. This week's hottest echo scandal comes from Canada. For real. Where else would Mounties descend on a federal office to arrest an anarchist-leaning, punk-drumming bureaucrat for allegedly leaking a climate document to activists in the press? We swear on a stack of Celine CDs. This happened last Wednesday at the Environment Canada office in Ottawa. Jeff Montague... 27, who's worked at the agency for four years, was released but still may face charges. Yesterday he described the arrest as a witch hunt and an attempt to bully public servants whom the agency in a paranoid fit believe are partisan and embittered. Montague did not admit to actually leaking the draft, which confirmed Canada's plan to abandon the Kyoto Protocol. Hmm. Which is a very big deal because the majority of the world has signed it. Yeah. Only the U.S. and Australia has not signed it. So if Canada abandons it, they become a unique subspecies of <laughs> scum. Yeah, <laughs> they become a power block. <laughs> yeah. He called the charges against him, quote, an extension of a government-wide communication strategy pinned on secrecy, intimidation, and centralization. And our little Canada-loving hearts just broke. Straight to the source, the Gazette Natural Post, the Chronicle Herald, the Canadian Press, all the 11th of May, 2007. Yes, and we do have a bit of news about that happening earlier, the Sunset Concerts. We, uh, we haven't been able to get hold of the actual date that they start, but it's actually going to be a week or two later than we said earlier. So uh, at next week's show, we will mention that for you. I'm almost 100% positive it's the 14th. Well, they, the caller said that it's usually not until like the second week of the uh, summer session. Okay. Because so, uh, I'm just, I'm like leaving that mm -hmm. week to go to my biggest energy fair of the year. And I just remember for some distinct reason going, ah. Yeah. <laughs> But so, yeah, we'll get back to you with that with next week's happenings. So is there any other news that you would like to jump on? Because we have time for like one more. Oh, let's see. Well, the United Nations meets the pledge goal for a billion tree campaign. Yes, that's, that's pretty good. good. Six months after launching a billion tree campaign to fight climate change, the United Nations has gotten more than a billion tree planting pledges 
from around the world, with around 14 million trees making it into the ground so far. Well, 14 million trees is kind of not quite to a billion. Mm. So like I was telling people before, a pledge does not mean it actually is in our pockets. Yes. So <laughs> send in your money to the station so we can be better than the UN. Yes. Hey. <laughs> We're already ahead of them percentage-wise on this, but uh, I'm sure they'll be catching up soon. <laughs> so let's see. Any other ones? This one I really like. Do you have the organic bees? Oh, yeah, the organic bees, yes. Yeah. Here they are. Sweet news. Organic bees are thriving. The buzz around organically maintained beehives seems to be epidemic. What epidemic? Epidemic? What epidemic? That and maybe someone should tell the queen to start laying off the royal jelly, if you know what I mean. <laughs> What's that mean? Uh, well, you know, royal jelly, It's they feed it to the queen. It's... Uh, Oh, like okay, I don't... food. <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, while record numbers of bees in North America and Europe are vanishing en masse in a world, in a worrying trend that experts have dubbed the colony collapse disorder, organic beekeepers are reporting no losses so far. Sharon Labchuk, a longtime environmental activist and part-time organic beekeeper, was quoted in a recent report at Red Ice Creations. Quote, um, on an organic beekeeping list of about a thousand people, mostly Americans, and no one in the organic beekeeping world, including commercial beekeepers, is reporting colony collapse on this list. The problem with the big commercial guys is that they put pesticides in their hives to fumigate for yarrow mites, and they feed antibiotics to the bees. They also haul the hives by truck all over the place to make more money with pollination services which stresses the colonies. And because bee pollinators, because pollinators such as bees, birds, and bats affect 35% of the world's crop production, increasing output of 87 of the leading food crops worldwide, the decline in bee populations could potentially collapse the food chain and spell the beginning of an ecological apocalypse. Albert Einstein said if we didn't have bees, the world would be dead in, I think he said two years. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. It would be pretty quick. It was though. it was <laughs> something quick. It might have been six months. It might have been two years, but quick. Yeah. And he's kind of a smart guy. Yeah, he was kind of a smart guy. It's good to hear, though, that the organic bees are doing well so far. Maybe people will start laying off the pesticides. Well, I have... The EPA is having a Rachel Carson contest. In honor of what would have been Rachel Carson's 100th birthday, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has an essay poetry photo contest for two-person teams. The famed writer and biologist once wrote about the need for children and adults to share the joy, excitement, and the mystery of the world we live in. Now let's try that once more with greater feeling. Joy, excitement, and the mystery of the world we live in. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to thaw that frozen over ticker in your chest and express the sense of wonder you feel for the sea, the night sky, forests, wildlife, and all that is beautiful to your eyes. Now, there is one catch. One team member must be over 50 and the other under 18. You only have until June 15th to submit your entry, so you better start emoting. Mm -hmm. 
stat. <laughs> the website is epa.gov slash aging slash resources slash the sense of wonder. So you mean people under 18 and over 50 are allowed to hang out together? <laughs> well, I mean, and this is a contest, too. Yes. I don't know what the winner is, but... Well, um, everyone's a winner in that contest, from the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, the sense of wonder, epa.gov slash aging slash resources slash the sense of wonder. And enter this contest. It is an essay slash poetry slash photo contest about all things beautiful. And I guess all things nature. Yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, some people might send in, you know, man-made stuff that they think is beautiful, but hmm. nobody can really beat nature. Yeah, nature's been at it for a bit longer. Yeah, so <laughs> this has been Your Community Spirit. Again, I hope to talk to you next week because I want to live that long. Yes, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> so. In the meantime, enjoy the... Wonderful spring weather out there. It's starting to get a little bit towards summer, but it's still cool at night, so it's not too bad. And I do want to thank everybody who did send in the money for our radio show. It made us feel validated that, I mean, I've been doing this for eight years. Yes. And, you know, people Mm -hmm. sending in money to keep my show on the air, and even better than that, making it so that people really understand that this is your community spirit. Yes. You're the ones who make it happen. And by you listening to me blather, it makes it so that I am part of the community. So thank you very much.